Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reach Council's podcast. Today on Reaching Out with Reach, we have Mothers Against Drunk Driving Program Specialist, Emma Douglas. Hi, Emma, and welcome. Hello. Good. Thank you for having me here today. Can you tell us a little bit more about your uh, your role at MAD and what you do? Uh, yes, absolutely. So uh, as the program specialist, um, I teach our underage prevention programs. Um, we have a parent uh, presentation called Power of Parents, and we have a teen presentation called Power of Youth. And we target those dangers and consequences of underage drinking, um, but also provide them with a plan on how to be prepared in those unsafe situations. And then also help parents uh, with techniques on how to start those conversations. Um, I'm also the law enforcement liaison for the North Texas affiliate. So I do a lot of outreach with uh, law enforcement and um, I also do community outreach events. Um, but with law enforcement, I coordinate our law enforcement recognition luncheon where we recognize those uh, hard work of those uh of those officers uh, on the field um, and getting drunk drivers off the road. That's a little bit. Nice. All right. And here interviewing Emma today, we have Reach Council's very own Chief Operating Officer, Cassie Street. Hey. <laughs> All right. Long as I... <laughs> no, go I'm ahead. Just... Go ahead. Okay. I'm so excited to be here. Um, gosh, I think you were going to ask me what I do. Maybe yes, before I, I just jumped in and started doing stuff. Um, right. But yeah, so at, at Reach, um, I've had the joy of being at Reach for about 10 years now in lots of different positions. Um, so as Chief Operating Officer, I get to oversee our youth prevention programs, our community coalition programs, and our youth recovery programs. I get to kind of help with all three of those and oversee all those different aspects, everything from school-based prevention programs, community-based prevention programs to working with those youth and young adults who um, are now in recovery or wanting to be in recovery. So super glad to be here. I'm excited to talk to Emma today. Um, so let's get up, let's, let's see what we got. <laughs> okay, sounds great. So we're gonna go ahead and kick it off. Today's topic is, is alcohol awareness. So Cassie, why don't you go ahead and Kick us off, start us off. All right, so um, this topic came about because April is actually, was actually Alcohol Awareness Month. Um, and for those who don't know, Alcohol Awareness Month is a national public health awareness campaign. It was sponsored um, by the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence. Um, it was kind of first established in 1987 and was really kind of put in place to increase awareness and understanding of the causes and treatments of uh, one of our nation's top public health problems, alcoholism, also to kind of um, let people know that it's okay to also seek help if they're struggling with alcohol and alcohol use issues. So um, while Alcohol Awareness Month is over, uh, we're really in this kind of time where underage um, alcohol consumption is definitely on the rise um, with things like prom going on and graduation and summer vacation, really thought this was still a very timely topic to talk about. Um, so who better to have that conversation with than our fabulous friends at MAD. So Emma, you talked a little bit about some of the stuff that MAD is doing. Can you give me a little bit more about the, um, the Power of Parents and the different programs you guys have going on? Yes, uh, absolutely. So 
<clears throat> in April, we kick off our Power Talk 21 campaign. And uh, what's great about this year is it's our 10th anniversary uh, with implementing our Power of Parents and Power Talk 21. So uh, just to give you a little background on pa uh, Power Talk 21, um, it's a mad national day uh, called Power Talk 21, and it's on April 21st. And it's a day that we really focus and publicize uh, our Power of Parents program and really uh, help to encourage parents to start those conversations uh, with, the, with their teens. And uh, I've had a great opportunity, you know, because of COVID, you know, we've had to, resort to uh, revert to using Zoom and a lot of those virtual platforms. So, uh, you know, like Reach, uh, I've had the great opportunity to partner with a lot of my community partners uh, that I utilize as guest speakers in my uh, virtual uh, presentations. And so we invite parents to come uh, to these presentations to just get that uh, general knowledge about those dangers and consequences, but also on just really great techniques that's research-based uh, that can help them uh, have those ongoing and intentional conversations because we don't want them to just have one conversation. We want them to have several uh, throughout their, their adolescence and even into adulthood. Um, so for this year, our Power Talk 21, we decided to do, uh, it's a 21 day uh, challenge for parents. And so we gave 21 days on how they can simply just engage with their kids, not so much of targeting, you know, the, that conversation of alcohols and drugs, but just really getting to know your kids. I think, and even as a parent, I have a teenager, he's 15, that we, we just kind of lose, because they, they get that, into, they want that independence. And so they tend to have their own little world and we just kind of get disconnected. And so by having this challenge, it actually encouraged me uh, to do just simple things like just asking him to give me a hug, you know, uh, or just having him teach me something that he is interested in. Like he loves uh, Minecraft. And so I have no idea how to work that, but he did his best uh, to teach me. And then um, also uh, we both love uh horror movies and scary movies. And so we really dived in and just spending that quality time to watch a movie together and then talk about it. And so it, it's been great uh, going through those challenges with him. Um, and, and then uh, it, it's just a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun uh, going into the schools and uh, teaching this, this parent program. And then on the flip side, on our team program, I had a great opportunity to uh, partner with a Frisco school, uh, Wakeland um, High School. They did a drunk driving awareness campaign that was a week long. And they had a crash car in front of their school. And so we were able to provide a, a decal with uh, our logo with no more victims and our 800 number, because we have a 24-hour helpline uh, for our victims uh, that are seeking help 
through their cases or just need referrals on counseling. So uh, it was great to be able to provide that. But also uh, we partnered with the student council who kind of spearheaded this campaign. Uh, They created these signs that had, you know, drunk driving uh, messaging on it and asked all the kids as they were passing in the hallways to sign it, to take that pledge to uh, be alcohol free and no drinking and driving and not getting in a car with an impaired driver. And then uh, myself and my volunteer coordinator, we were able to present to their students um, and just kind of talk about some basic uh, dangers and consequences and why they should wait until age 21. A, a lot of them don't realize that uh, their brain is still developing and that it, it doesn't fully develop until their mid-20s. And when they ingest alcohol or drugs uh, like marijuana or, or, or uh, opiates, that it has long-lasting negative effects on uh, those learning and memory functions because your brain is still developing. So um, it was great to be able to provide that information for them. Um, This was right before their prom. So uh, they were able to take that pledge uh, before they went to prom. And uh, I've just really enjoyed uh, doing these presentations. And then this summer, we're going to be talking about um, the 100 deadliest days of summer. Um, And so we're gonna be uh, working on that and getting our messaging out into the community. And uh, then in the fall, we we start again with Red Ribbon Week. (laughs) You guys have a lot going on. So so yeah, um, I think, and also one of my other favorite things to do um, is uh, in August, uh, the weekend before we kick off uh, Labor Day, we have what's called a Saturation Saturday campaign. And that's when I reach out to all the police departments to, um, I I do a request on that weekend for them to add at least one extra patrol officer to uh, just focus on DWI enforcement. And we publicize it. I do a press conference and we, uh, I'll do a ride along, which I, I did uh, last year, which was a lot of fun. Um, and so we were able to be law enforcement's voice and just really let the community see how much time and effort goes into uh, just one DWI um, arrest. So uh, we, we try to publicize that information. So it's it's getting more and more. Uh, I, this will be my third one this this coming August, and so I'm really excited how many police departments are going to participate this year. That's awesome. We know that prevention is just a whole community. The whole community has to be involved for prevention to be effective. So when you're talking about like when you're talking with parents and you're talking with teens and you're sharing information about the the impacts of underage drinking um, and some of the statistics, what are some of the ones that you share? Obviously, there's the brain development piece, which is one that I love to share with teens because they often don't understand really what's going on and what the impact is. But what are some of the things you like to share with parents and with teens about what the big deal is about underage drinking, why it's a big deal. So uh, one of the things which I love about our, our Power Talk 21 challenge this year is that adolescents who are more connected with their parents, for example, if they tend 
uh, family dinners more frequently, uh, they're actually less likely to drink alcohol or use other drugs among other risk factors. Um, some of the latest research shows that uh, teens of parents who take the time to talk to their uh, teens about alcohol and intervene when they notice a problem are less likely to engage in underage uh, use of alcohol and other drugs. So yeah, I, I, the science is clear, the, the research is, is clear, and so uh, we wanna debunk those myths and provide them with the facts and, and just, just to be prepared. A, a lot of parents, and like for instance, when I was a kid, I didn't know this information. Mm -hmm. And we definitely didn't have a plan uh, when I was a teen. Like for instance, when uh, say a, a teenager, his best friend is his ride and he's at a party and he sees his friend drinking alcohol and doing drugs. How would you handle that? I, you know, when I ask them. And so just being able to work with your parent or a trusted adult to have a plan on how to get out of that situation and be able to react quickly. So by, you know, texting one letter to uh, their parent uh, to let them know that that's a sign that they need uh, help. And then, or just doing an Uber or Lyft or, um, you know, as a sober a person taking the keys from them and you drive because mm -hmm. we want to get both of them home, not just them. So just being able to be prepared. Um, but I, I mean, honestly, Casey, 74% of teens say that their parents are the leading influence on their decisions to drink alcohol. So parents have the power. They have that voice and can influence their kids and keep them safe. Awesome. I love it. And I agree with you. Parents really are just the number one influence in prevention. So mm -hmm. one of the questions I often get when I'm working with parents is, um, when do I start talking and how do I start talking? And so what do you say when families ask you, when do we start talking about drug and alcohol use? What are your responses to that? Okay, so that's a really great question. And I get that one as well. Um, talk early and talk a lot. Um, so actually kids start weighing the pros and cons of drinking alcohol as early as age eight. And so that's so young. That's like, that's third grade. And so, but definitely parents know that maturity level of their kids. Um, and so even at age eight, if they feel that they have that maturity level to have that conversation, then yes start that conversation and then just continue all the way uh, through through college um, so they so they are prepared. I love it. What are your some of your best ways to talk to your teens about alcohol use? So great, great question. So um, Matt has partnered with Dr. Robert Trusi. He's a, a biobehavioral professor at Penn State University. And we uh, adapted his uh, research, his uh, techniques through our uh, parent program. And simply it comes down to using the how, what, and why questions. And so uh, for instance, um, when I was talking to my teen, um, I simply just asked him, how would you handle someone offering you drugs and alcohol? 
And then I just wait and listen to him come up with phrases. And then we work together in putting phrases together. I mean, because I mean, Casey, you know, as parents, Mm -hmm. we know what to say and to do because we've been there. So but by using those how, what and why questions, we're we're able to help them build those executive functioning skills, you know, those decision making, planning and just being able to come up with those phrases and, and you become more of a team than us just lecturing and telling them what to do. Um, Another technique is really knowing when to have that conversation. And a lot of that is trial and error. So for instance, with my kid, I know when he comes home from school, he does not want to have a serious conversation. He's, He's exhausted. Um, You know, same thing with parents when they come home from work or, you know, they're tired. So really trying to figure out when uh, you both are on the same page and same attention level. Like for my kid, we we realized that by me and him in the car driving, Mm -hmm. uh, just me and him, what we have the best conversations. Um, and he opens up um, just in that situation. So that works for us. That might not work for another parent. Or if you have two teens, one way might not work for another. Um, but just knowing not to force it mm-hmm. and getting in the habit of asking them, hey, can I can I talk to you? Or, uh, you know, and so that way it kind of sets that stage. It helps them feel that you respect their time, that they're getting older and they have that independence um, instead of it just being a forced conversation. Um, So just knowing when to to back down and try again later. Um, But yes, definitely no phones, no distractions, uh, just, you know, me, you know, him, two together and just being able to focus on that conversation. and then uh, just being prepared on handling, uh, answering your own uh, history. You know, a lot of teens, mm-hmm. they want to know, hey, did you drink alcohol or did you sm- smoke marijuana, you know, when you were a kid? So it's really up to the parents on how much they want to share, but just to be prepared for that question. Um, and like for my kid, I told him, because uh, he asked, and I said, you know what? I didn't know this information when I was your age. Um, so I made a lot of bad choices. And uh, so now that I know this information, I want you to know it so you make better choices. Now, he didn't press me <laughs> for more information. Um, you know, your team might. So just be prepared. But um uh, our handbooks that have Dr. Trucy's techniques uh, is a great resource. It has a diff- it has different examples, different scenarios on how to handle certain questions they might ask you. Um, it's just a great uh, resource to use. Wonderful. I love it. And I love the car method for having those conversations. Um, I will say from my experience, I have I have a teenager. I have one who's going to be in high school this next year and I have an eight year old. And, um, you know, sometimes our best conversations happen in the car and some of them, cause I take, 
I, what I call our tribe, our friends, we have all th- two sets of friends and they all have kids the same age as ours. So I take the older kids to school in the morning. We have some of the greatest conversations. Sometimes they're silly, but sometimes mm-hmm. they're serious and we really have that can break down. Well, what does that mean? And why do those things happen? And then, you know, they, they know it, what Cole's mom does. And so Cole's mom will go and go, all right, here's the science of this gentleman. Let's talk about it. And I love that <laughs> method because, you know, they're captive audience and um, they're just kind of right there and, you know, they can't go anywhere and they're more, there's nothing for them to be distracted by. So I love that. I also love, I found in our household, sometimes we have conversations based on what we see in TV and movies. Mm-hmm. And I love that, like being able to ask my kids, like, what does that mean? And like, what do you think about that when you see that? Um, and using those as natural kind of conversation points. So very cool. I love those things because mm-hmm. it's hard. Parenting is hard, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, I know one scenario is uh, just asking, you know, I heard that uh, at a, you know, I heard, just through the grapevine when I'm talking to my kids that uh, at this party, they did this. Um, Have you seen that? And what do you think about that? Why do you think it's important not to do that? Um, And what I love about our program is that it not only focuses on that research and techniques, but really just to help parents and the teens really to search their passions. Like the example I give the kids is, you know, say your boyfriend breaks up with you and then you get in a fight with your best friend in the same day. That's a hard day for a teen. I mean, for anyone. Um, But some teens, they revert to drugs and alcohol to cope. And that's what a lot of it comes down to is that they're coping. They're coping for what's going on uh, that's hard in their life. and it can be as simple as, you know what, there's so much pressure that I got to make straight A's, you know, or, you know, I got to get this scholarship or, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's when I encourage them, search your passions, search those positive activities to help you get through those bad days. I mean, I even struggle with that. I get so upset or I have a really bad day and I just kind of forget you know, those activities that could really help me. And so as parents, you know, we can learn about those passions because, you know, kids are always changing Um, and that's okay. Um, But by being interested in their life and interested in their passions, interested in their Uh friends and what their friends are into. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's the joy of technology. Be interested in their friends. I love it. Yes. Yes. So interested in not only them, but their friends as well. So as parents, we can provide that environment for them and just be, be relevant in their life. And so that way, when they have a problem and they're scared or they're upset, they are more willing to come to you. Uh, because you were you were there and interested in what they're doing. I love it. Such great information. So, all right. Well, I this has been fabulous. This is always, you know, even doing prevention myself, I always love hearing ways to help 
have these conversations with my kids because I think we constantly need these reminders and different strategies as our kids grow. Because what we pick up and learn at one point in our kids' life and age is just very different than what we need even a year or two later. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Um, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I did want to mention one thing, if that's okay. Yeah. So if I had to give uh, advice to parents is really be in the know of the trends. Know what the kids are doing and what the products look like. Because, for instance, we had one parent that, well, I heard about this, brought a, a device to the school and they told the office people, hey, my son forgot his USB and I'm dropping it off. It was an, it was a, a vaping pen. And she just did not know what it was because they can, they can look like a USB. So it's very important to be in that know, you know, research, find that information and, you know, ask questions and what kids are doing. Uh, so that way you can bring that up and have that conversation. Wonderful. And if parents are wanting more information, where's, um, give some examples of not only your own website, but some also some other websites that can go for information. So, uh, so of course, yes, go to mad.org um, slash power of parents. And what's great is when you go on there, Dr. True sees videos. Uh, he has several different little YouTube videos you can watch. You can download the handbooks for free. Um, and there's also a quiz that you can actually take uh, to find out what kind of parenting style that uh, you do. Because we've learned through research that, uh, like, for instance, with a, with a teen that has authoritarian parenting style, that's my way or the highway, um, those teens drink the most dangerously high levels of alcohol compared to the other uh, parenting styles. And a lot of that is because of that rebel, that rebel, you're not going to rule me, you know, you're not going to tell me what to do. Um, uh, and I'm sorry, I wanted to uh, tell you this one example of this one mom. Uh, so her son uh, came home drunk and passed curfew. And uh, what she did is she said, I'm disappointed but I'm glad you're home safe. I want you to go to bed and we'll talk in the morning. And then, oh, sorry. And then um, now, you know, when I was a teen, that would have handled a whole lot different. (laughs) But really think about it. If she would have started yelling and screaming, one, he wouldn't remember because he was drunk. Mm -hmm. But when when teens drink alcohol and and, uh, use drugs, it affects those uh, executive functions in their uh, brain. So uh, that's when the yelling, the screaming, the doing, saying things that you normally wouldn't do happen. So by allowing him to go to bed, she was then able in the morning to have that conversation um, and, and you know, deliver those consequences. And so that is a, another piece of advice I would really give parents is lay down those rules and consequences ahead of time. Um, but for instance, in this example, uh, really finding out that why, I mean, cause there's going to be consequences and we'll deal with that 
but finding out that why, why did this happen? Were you bored? Did, were you pressured? Did something bad happen? Because if we don't handle that why, it's going to keep on happening. So just dealing with that first, what were those consequences? Um, some other resource, and I'm sorry, I'm going to go back uh, to the other question you asked. Um, some other resources, of course, you know, Reach Council is fabulous. Uh, they have tons of resources. Um, you can go to uh, Texas Department of Transportation. They have a lot of information. Um, you can go to another good one. It's called SAMHSA, mm -hmm. and that is substance use. Can you help Substance me? Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Association, and they have the Talk They Hear You campaign. Yes, and they have a suicide prevention hotline. Uh, that particular hotline we do give in our presentations because um, definitely we tell teens, because I've had teens come up to me and ask, what do I do if, my, if I see my friends struggling? And so we try to provide some... Um, ways they can help. Um, and that hotline is, is a great resource to get them uh, help, but also going to their school counselor. School counselors have tons of resources that they can give, um, but also just going to a parent, a trusted adult to uh, help them. Um, let me see. Another good one is Operation Parent. Operation Parent is a great resource. They have a lot of free webinars and a lot of great information. Um, that's all I can think about on the top of my head right now. <laughs> that's some, some great resources. I love it. So, yeah. well, um, I think, Crystal, did you have anything you wanted to add? No, that was a great way to end it. I, thank you for coming. Thank you, Cassie. Thank you both. Um, so that concludes this month's podcast on alcohol awareness. To all of our listeners, I hope you've gained something from today um, and you're able to share with everyone you know. Thank you, Emma. Thank you, Cassie, again, for discussing this important matter. And thank you all for tuning in. We will see you next time. And until then, remember, life is full of choices. Choose happy, choose healthy.